What's happening? This is the Tap In Podcast. We are live inside <laughs> the Tap In. Tap In Studio. I got my girl Takara Williams in the building with me. How you doing? <laughs> um, I'm good. Thank you for having me. Um, this this city, y'all crazy in this city. What do you mean? You know, I don't know if y'all be in Arlington, but I came into Arlington today. Why are you whispering? And because I'm getting, because I'm getting serious, this is a public oh, okay. service announcement. Okay, you got to put the right voice on. And um, the, the ground was slippery, and y'all don't believe in ice. I mean, y'all don't believe in salt. No. And um, why y'all like this? Listen, we don't get this much cold ever. Like I, it's it's like once, like sometimes it get thirty, forty, maybe. But yeah, we we ain't used to this. Like it's so bad they shut the city down because it's cold. Like that's how crazy it is. <laughs> yeah. Kids ain't going to school. It like in New York it got to reach like a negative fifteen for them to shut the schools down. Negative. S- snow got to be you know at least four to five feet high. Then they shut the schools down and, and work. But y'all out here just twenty five degrees. It's yeah, that's, cold. Yeah. Kids ain't now. The kids got to stay home. This is anything yeah. below thirty. We fit to shut it down. The whole city. Mm hmm. Y'all, y'all need to grow up. <laughs> this city need to grow up and get listen, y'all lives together. Listen, we had we had some little snowflakes probably like a week or two ago, and like everybody was happy. Like, oh, it's snowing in Dallas. We was we was crunk. Yeah, I was crunk until yeah. this ice came. And yeah, this like, ice. You know what? Um, <laughs> yeah, just imagine the governor, whoever run this. <laughs> listen, guy, we're gonna call a warning in effect for the city. What happened? It's twenty five degrees. <laughs> yes. So all the schools is closed. You ain't got to go to work. I don't know if you're gonna get paid, but you don't have to go if you don't want to go. <laughs> yeah. And be careful on these roads. It's a lot of ice out there. Good luck, guys. Bye. <laughs> yeah, put on your big coat. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Good luck, guys. Bye. <laughs> What's going on, man? How are you? Good. I'm good. I'm good. Life good. Is, life is all right now. I got no complaints. Yeah, you out yeah. here doing it, like <laughs> headlining your own shows and yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah. Who'd have thought? I know, man. <laughs> I would have thought it. I would have thought. I would have thought you. it. I remember. Um, I remember what was that? It was like a little club um, in in Hollywood. That I think I think Bob Bob Sumner was trying to uh, like put it on. It was like in a restaurant, and then in the back it was like a little comedy oh, spot. Oh, um, um, Sal's. Sal's on yeah. Melrose. On Melrose. Sal's yeah. on Melrose. I remember that. I remember seeing you kill Sal's. Oh, that was a long time. I, ago. <laughs> I know. I was like, yeah, she gonna be the one. I be sitting down thinking when I talk to people, and they always, you know, go back and reminisce. It was such a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I wish I had the confidence then that I have now. Why you had it? I didn't have it then. I well, was, you you put it on like you had it. Well, yeah, it's about the look. <laughs> I, you know, like, you know, Cali, you got to look like you, you yeah. you're doing it before you're actually doing it. That was a long time ago. I know, mm-hmm. man. I know mm-hmm. you'd have been on TV a, a gang of times mm-hmm. since then. <laughs> shit, you did what? Kevin Hart's uh, Next Level. Mm-hmm. Um, and what else? What else have you done? All right. So the first thing I did when I got to California, I think I wasn't even out there for a year, and I did stand up and deliver on Nouveau TV. Okay. Um, that was a long time ago. Um, and then I did a I did a thirty minutes um, comedy routine on a comedy special on um, uh, Kevin Hart's The Next Level, and um, that I was on. I think it aired on Comedy Central in like August of two thousand and nineteen. And then after that, um, I started doing, like, all of the Montreal Comedy Fest. Mm. I became a regular. I'm, like, uh, an alumni now. How was Montreal? How it was is dope. 
Because I know, like, I always hear a lot, bunch of people talking about that the Canadians out there don't really understand. They do. They do? Mm-hmm. The they, language or, you. The, or the slang. It's and, you. <laughs> it's you, because they laughed at me. Oh, okay. Um, and it's weird when you do uh, Montreal Comedy Fest, because when you first, when you do Just for Laughs, because the first time I did it, I did, oh, I also did this thing called Kevin Hart's LOL. And mm, when I first got booked to do it, loud. yeah, laugh out loud. Yeah. I was so excited. I was like, I'm going to Montreal just for laughs. That's how they push it, right? So I get out there and they got all the comedians doing LOL in one hotel. And um, at the at that time, I thought that that was it. Mm. Like that was the thing. LOL was it. It was all about Kevin Hart. And um, you know, I'm there for three days. And you know, as I'm there for three days, I before I filmed the day before I was leaving. And that first night there, I'm excited. I'm like, we on LOL with Kevin Hart, you know. And um, <laughs> we started going to the parties. Mm. We did like a Netflix party, HBO party. And I'm like, who are all these people? Right. And they're like, oh, they're the people here doing Montreal Just for Laughs Festival. I'm like, but we doing Montreal Just for Laughs Festival. And they're like, no, we doing Kevin Hart's LOL. Um, but it's not the same as this festival. And I started doing research, and I was like, oh, there's a whole other side of this. That they like they were doing almost a hundred shows a day for the Montreal just for laughs, and I'm doing one, <laughs> and it's over a hundred. I'm talking thousands and thousands of comedians performing, and I'm doing one. And I was for like, three, and you was out there for three days. And I was like, that was that year. I was like, I'm gonna come back next year and do all of it. Mm. And then the next year, I came back. Um, and I did all of it. All of the all the shows. I got on the I got on the ones that made sense. I did New Faces, which is really big. It's one of the big comedy things in the world. Is New Faces every year? Everybody looks for New Faces. I did um, the Roast Battle. Oh, okay. Which I did not want to do, but they signed me up to do it, and I got to like the third round. I made it to the finals. I didn't. I don't even know how. <laughs> I was that only, New York in you. You know what it was? A- I was like, I, I don't want to be here. And the audience was like, Whoa! Send it to the next round. And then the next round, I was like, Why y'all doing that? I don't want to be here. Whoa! Send it to the next round. Like they didn't even. I don't want to do this. And then the last round, I was like, Y'all. I didn't even say nothing. I didn't even say my joke. They rooted. I'm who, on the next round. You? The crowd. The crowd just loved me. Who was you battling though? Do you remember? Uh, my first. I don't remember who my first round was, but my second round was CP. Okay. And then um, the third round was the he was like the the champion. He always wins. I don't remember his name. Some British dude, um, and he won. But he he wins. I think all the he time. wears a suit. Yeah. I, I I know you're talking about. I see his face, but I don't remember his yeah. name. Yeah. 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 He, he real funny looking dude. He won, um, which is fine because I didn't want to be there. Um, and then uh, a couple days later, they moved me over to the better hotel, and then I did Anthony Anderson's gala. Mm, what was that? It was just like a, a lot of the bigger name comedians get galas. And what it is, it's a, a, a theater that holds 5,000 people. And every night, a big name comedian gets to host a comedy show there. Mm. So Dave Chappelle had a gala. Um, Kevin Hart had a gala. Uh, I think Wanda Sykes had her gala. Then Anthony Anderson had his gala. And they put me on his last minute. And they were like, so are you going to do Anthony Anderson's gala? You can't tell anybody. And I was like, what? I'm, but I'm in New Faces. And they was like, I know, but the producers think you'll be fine. And I was a hit of his gala. That's and, dope. And that was it. And then I became um, a, a Montreal Just for Last alumni. And, 
you know, I just been working. That's, that's the, talk about the grind because I know a lot. I know a lot of people would be like, you know, she just came out of nowhere. No. Like she's just overnight success. <laughs> like because I remember you putting in like work, mm-hmm. like going. I remember you used to, um, uh, you. I used to, just to see you at every little club, mm-hmm. and I'd be like. She I'm, everywhere. I know. But <laughs> like, that's part of the grind. People, I, the funny thing is that I learned that you don't have to do that. What you mean? Like, like people have this idea that in order to get on, you got to be everywhere all the time. But you don't have to be everywhere all the time. You just have to be at the right place at the right time. Um, and I learned that because I was teaching um, inmates in the, you know, in the jails in Southern California. And I was... And I was doing school. I was back in college. And I had just had a baby. And I was still doing stand-up. And I couldn't be everywhere all the time anymore because I wasn't available. I didn't have the time. And I just started being where I was supposed to be, where it made sense. You know, because some, some, some and, I, and that's just men, but a lot of a lot of male comedians be like, baby, I got to be out there. I got the network. <laughs> they be lying. They be lying, ladies. They be lying. They got to do that shit. They be lying. Can I curse? Yeah. Yeah, they don't, they don't be having to do that shit. Baby, I got to go to the, all the open mics and then after open mics, I got to go to the Laugh Factory. Now they got the Laugh Factory. They got the after party. I got to go to the after party because you don't never know who you're going to meet. At the, they lying. They don't got to do all that shit. You ain't um, got to do all that? They lying. They be lying to us. <laughs> It's networking. Ooh, they lying. Um, <laughs> but the funny thing is that a lot of women who are in the business, they say it too. Like, baby, I got to go network because, you know, here. but why are you calling you at 10? It's part of the it's part of the job. We don't have no regular work hours. We is entrepreneurs. They be lying. Um, but I just learned through that that. I don't have to be everywhere. I just need to be in the right places. And I just started to get into the right places. Um, and then I think what pushed me was my divorce because I was mm. married to another comedian and then we got divorced and um, I was going to move back to New York because I was like, I got this brand new baby. I got two other kids. I have no family out here and I'm getting divorced. And um, and I just decided not to. Mm. Like I was like, I ain't no bitch. Yeah. And I stayed and, um, you know, and I fig- I just told myself that everything I need, I already have. And I need to just start figuring it out. And then I started figuring it out, getting connected to the right people. I stopped um, being afraid to ask for stuff. Mm, okay. Because you know how in this business, it's like, I want this person to help me, but I want to ask because I don't want them to think that that's all I want them to do. Right. But the motherfucker, that made all I need, that's all I need you to do. Right, right. Like, I accept the fact that we use each other. We have to. So when people be like, you got to be careful because a motherfucker going to use you, I'm going to use that motherfucker too. So I used to walk around with this idea that if somebody used me, it was terrible. But I, it, it's only terrible when you can't get anything in return, you know. But if you can use somebody and get something from them, but they can also get something from you, then there is no, you know, nobody's taking advantage of you. You're both it, winning. My, here's my thing. If you're not useful, you're mm-hmm. useless. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's it's okay to use me, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? But just know that I want to... I wanna, benefit from this transaction too you and know it may what I mean? be in a different way exactly it could be like i could you could be like the car i need your help doing this and i'm like oh, okay that's fine um and then i might just need to talk to somebody mm. and i could call you and you might not be able to give me what i gave you but you'll still provide for me what i need so i just learned to stop being afraid that somebody was going to say i use them 
and being okay with somebody saying she called me and needed this. Yeah, you had it right. Right, exactly, exactly. Thank you. Yeah, especially in the comedy world, because. Mm-hmm. It be small shit that we need. Like, mm-hmm. hey, man, let me just get five minutes. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to be in this city. Can I just get on? Can mm-hmm. I get do a guest spot? It be like little bitty shit. But, that, it, but it also be like, how'd you get on there? Can you t- can you plug me? Yeah. And they don't want to plug. Yeah. But yeah, here's, here's what I found out, too. Sometimes a lot of people, when you tell them to plug, they overuse the plug. You know what I mean? Sometimes I found out that. I can't tell everybody my plug because they're going to abuse the shit out of it. And some people are just takers. You know what I mean? But it, but, but you abusing the plug, don't to me, like I got, like when I did um, Just for Laughs, for New Faces, and I did so great that the next year the producer called me and said, who can you recommend? Mm. And I said, what do you mean? He said, you know, just give us 10 people. And I was like, what's going to happen? He was like, we're going to slide them. You know, we're going we to audition them. We need, we need 10 more people, really funny people. And I said, okay. And I contacted everybody I knew. And I was like, hey, send your clips. They're looking for more people, um, for me to refer more people. Just see what, you know, you would be perfect for this. And some people don't, they didn't even send their shit in. I was so mad. They called me back and was like, did you send it to people? And I'm like, yeah. And he was like, we, we only got three, you know, three people who contacted us back with their clips. And I was like, you, I felt like Denzel in Train Today. <laughs> you bitch made motherfucker. Like, y'all gonna do this to me? Like, I was so mad that this is an opportunity of a lifetime, and I'm pulling it, I'm pushing you in, and you're not even gonna send them a two-minute clip? And then some people do overuse your plug, but that don't have nothing to do with you. Yeah, well, I feel like it's just, it's an extension of me, especially if I give them, the plug like because i always want to plug the right people in mm. so if i know if i got a contact over here and i know all i got to do is just connect them and they write for that mm-hmm. i'm definitely plugging them i always ask the plug if it's okay yeah 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 if the plug say it's okay you could get that motherfucker my number and i give him your number and he harass you you told me it was cool yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. i ain't just give it to him give it to him i asked you you said yes i gave it to him he's stalking you <laughs> <laughs> now that that's out of your you hands. Could have said no. Yeah, that's out of your hands. So, but and and I just started asking people for stuff. I just started asking to get on more shows. I started asking, you know, how did you do that? You know, who helped you with that? And you know, some people were really gave me a lot of pushback about it. But then there were people who helped me, and then I just learned to just you're like it's just like whatever you want, you can have it, but you got to put the work behind it. And I just started putting the work behind yeah. it. Yeah, and here's the, here's the thing too. One, you're funny, mm-hmm. right? That's always number one in the comedy game, right? And you're an attractive woman. <laughs> so I mean, like, don't let's not let's not play ourselves. Like, every, this ain't gonna work for everybody. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This ain't gonna work for everybody. You one got to be funny. <laughs> And if, even if you're not attractive, if you're funny, mm-hmm. it, it'll 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 go good for you. You right. know what I mean? Especially if you start asking for help. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It, it'll go good for you. Mm-hmm. But not everybody. And people get mad at that. Why? Like, you know they only help you because you're a female and you look good. Uh, yeah. Okay. But. I'm a use. Why would I not? It's what I have. I'm not saying that that's what I use. I'm saying if that's somebody's reason. I didn't go in there with the intention of with some little shorts on and some heels. Like, hey, um, you think you can uh, help me today? I didn't go in there like that. I went in there myself, and they saw something else. So it don't it doesn't have any anything to do with me with their their expectations are what they think. I'm just going in there asking for some type of assistance or help to get you know further in the game. But if you are a good looking woman, it does help uh, mainly because the game is predominantly run by men. Right. You know so. 
you know, you got to use what you, what you got to get where you want to be, I guess. I don't know. And they can put you in play, but you got to do the work to stay there. Thank you. You know what I mean? If you ain't, if if they put you in position and you ain't bringing it, then niggas going to be like, Ugh. And that was one of the big things was, you know, I, I fell into like a really close friendship with somebody that was, you know, really, has a really big name in stand-up. And everybody was like, he only getting her that. She's sleeping with him and she this and she that. And I'm like, sometimes we just really, really funny. Who? Uh, just like a, just like a, a, a woman. I'm just saying, like, who was the person you came in contact with? I don't want to put their name on here. What? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to put his name. name. I don't want to put his name on here. But <laughs> when I got like really cool with him, and he just started getting me gigs, he just started. He's like one of my best friends. He's like uh, like my mentor almost now. Um, and it's Pookie. Oh, Chocolate okay. Sundays. He became like my mentor, and when I started working with him, everybody had these like she fucking him, she sleeping with him, and he told me. He said, you know, when I start working with you, this is what people are going to say. And I said, why? And he said, because you're a good-looking woman, you're funny, and I'm a man in a high position. And they're going to automatically say that. And I was like, mm. well, I don't want people to say that about me because that's not what I do. And he said, but it don't matter because mm. they're going to say it anyway. Unless you don't want to work with me, if you do, you know, he's like, you know, one of the funniest females I've seen in a long time, and you are diverse. So you went to Canada and did amazing and got a standing O in Canada. And then you can go to, you know, this bikers event in Los Angeles, and, you know, with the hood. And you could kill in the hood. But then you could do primetime television. So he said, you have that diversity that the stand-up comedy world needs right now. And I want to push you, but you have to understand what's going to come along with that. And people are going to talk. And I was like, well, what do I do? And he said, just be funny. Mm. He said, that'll kill anything, any ideas that anybody have, any perspective that they think that they have or whatever they think that they know. If you are undeniably, just make it to where your talent can't be denied. Because there's nothing worse than a woman getting an opportunity and she bombs at it. Then everybody's like, oh, she must be fucking somebody to get that position. But when you get that position and you do what you're supposed to do with it, people second guess other things. So that was his, that was the best um, advice I'd ever gotten in my life was just be funny. Don't worry about nothing else. People gonna say you sex to me. People gonna say you sex in him. People gonna say you sex in him. Somebody gonna say you you fucking her. Um, but that's just the way it's gonna go. But if you are funny, what they gonna say? She fucking him, but she, but she funny though. Like you know, he was just like just be funny, and that was the best advice I ever got. And he was just like they need a female comedian for here. Boom. They need a female comedian for this. Boom. And he would always remind me remind me I'm gonna get you these opportunities, but I can't get it for you. Mm, yeah. You know, he, and he would get it. For, you know, he would push me. Other people, there's so many other comedians. This man would just throw bones to just because he could. And some of us did great in those moments, and some of us didn't. And he would always just be like, "It's I'm just putting, you know, putting you in front of the, you know, the water. I can't make you drink it, you know." So, shout out to Pookie, man. Pookie <laughs> put me on my first TV show, mm-hmm. Chocolate Sundays. Mm-hmm. That's the, the first the, time I met him too. Yeah. Oh, Chocolate, Chocolate Sundays? Sundays? Yeah. Really? Yeah. For the the show on Showtime? Or? Pookie be bullshitting. Pookie be bullshitting. <laughs> oh, yeah. He be bullshitting with Chocolate Sundays. Um, when I was first supposed to do Chocolate Sundays, I had just moved to L.A. And, um, you know, I had a mutual friend, somebody that knew Pookie was in the industry. And he contacted Pookie and said, yo, this is female comedian. She's dope. She's funny. You know, she's beautiful. She needs to be on Chocolate Sundays. He was like, cool, give him my number. Give me his number. I'll text Pookie for two fucking years. Pookie like, this Sunday, this Sunday, this Sunday, this Sunday. We got to talk. We got to do this. Nothing, right? Then he tells me, you got to send out an email and get a date. At the time, it was Caduce. 
who mm, was um, running. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I sent out the email. Nobody responded. I talked to Ben. Nobody responded. Finally get a date. I show up for my date. I get bumped. It took me nine months to get that goddamn date. <laughs> bumped. Never booked me about for, for, for it again. I went back, did it again, got another date. I get to the next day. Uh, bumped. Because, you know, the big name comedians walk right, in. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So now I actually go to a chocolate Sundays. Mind you, I'm teaching. And I took the Sunday. I was like, I'm going to just go and leave a little early because I got to go to work in the morning. And Pookie's there, sitting right there, right? So I walk up to him and I say, hey, Pookie. He goes, hey, I know who you are. I say, yeah. Anyway, um, I'm supposed to be getting up here twice. And I haven't gotten up there. And I don't know what's happening. I've done everything the way you suggested, the way everybody says. And I keep getting bumped. So he said, well, I'm going to tell Lonnie to put you on next Sunday. I said, you sure? He said, yes, I got you. I said, cool. Next Sunday come, I show up. Lonnie don't know shit. She's like, I don't know. He didn't say anything to me. I'm calling him. He not answering. She calling him. He not answering. She's like, I can't put you up unless he tells me it's okay. I'm like, oh, y'all trying to play me. <laughs> okay. So then I hit him up, like, two days later, he finally responds. And I'm like, yo, what happened on Sunday? He's like, I apologize. I forgot I, meant, I forgot to mention it to her. This Sunday, for sure, you're good. I promise. I get there. Nothing. I went home so mad. I went home, and I, call, I text that man, and I said, listen, when I first moved to um, California, Chocolate Sundays was all the rave. And it was all I could think about. Everybody said, you got to do Chocolate Sundays. You're not going to be a comedian unless you do Chocolate Sundays. And I was like, oh, my God, I want to do Chocolate Sunday so bad. I said, I've went through every avenue, every channel. I've done things the proper way. And for some reason, I still can't get an opportunity to get onto a stage that you pride yourself in giving to new comedians on first impressions. If I'm going to fight for a night at the Laugh Factory, it ain't going to be the nigga night. Mm. When I tell you that nigga called me, in <laughs> <laughs> 0.8 seconds, I got the phone call. And he said, whoa, 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 whoa. You know how Pookie talk, whoa, whoa, yeah. calm down. <laughs> it's, first of all, you know, I apologize. This is n- It's not a black night. It's chocolate Sundays." And then he stayed on the phone with me for about an, an hour and a half and broke down the dynamics of the show and the comedians versus how many shows they do a year versus the thousands of comedians I want to perform versus the first impressions. And I really appreciated that he stayed on the phone and explained it to me because I was going to curse him the fuck out and I was going to punch him in the face next time I saw him, right? Because he really little. I was like, I can beat this nigga, right? So, <laughs> and then the following Sunday, he was like, he called Lonnie on a three-way. And uh, told her on a three-way, she's going to do this Sunday. And she said, okay. And um, I did that Sunday. And then maybe like six months later, I did, no, not even, maybe about a month later, I did the main show. And then maybe six months after that, I became the first female host Mm. on the show. Yeah. It was like, we're looking in a direction, and we want to get more female women, you know, incorporated. And we want you to be the Chocolate Sundays Earth Impressions host. And I was like, okay, I'll do that. And he was like, you're saying it like it's no Lonnie called me. And she was like, but you're saying it like it's nothing. I was like, well, bitch, I host shit all the time. She was like, but you be the first female. And I was like, oh. I felt like Tony Baker. I never (laughs) knew. (laughs) I never knew. And um, and that was it. And, and, Chocolate Sundays is like a staple in mm-hmm. L.A. for for comedy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's one of those rooms. Longest running urban room in the country. Really? Mm-hmm. And, man. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 sometimes I feel for Pookie. You and don't tell I mean? Pookie I said urban because he's going to be like, it's not urban. Pookie going to see this. It's urban to the mobile. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen all kind of comedians up there. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. the one thing, I, here's one one story that I seen Pookie do, this is when I respected Pookie, like, to the utmost. I already, like, had love for Pookie, but I respected him because 
it was this guy he came from um somewhere down south he was like yo i want to get up i'm only gonna be here for a couple of days mm-hmm. i'm gonna pay you a hundred dollars to get on the show tonight like i want to do my first impressions tonight mm-hmm. Pookie was like all right fuck it he took his hundred dollars mm-hmm. he will take the money fast fuck yeah Pookie took the money <laughs> Pookie took the money the dude went up there and smashed right he went up there and smashed right after he got off stage Pookie went on stage and was like yo Dude paid me $100 to come on the show. He did good. I'm going to give him his $100 back mm-hmm. in front of everybody. Dude came up there, got his $100. I was like, I fuck with Pookie mm-hmm. after that. Yeah, he's a good guy. I was like, dope. I was like, that's what's up, mm-hmm. man. Yeah, but Pookie do be bullshitting. He be bullshitting. But here's the thing, though. In defense of Pookie, he got a lot of big shit going on. He's you know a, what I'm saying? Yeah. So my our little stage time, he <laughs> That's his last concern. It better, it better not be. <laughs> he, ain't, he don't give a fuck about your little stage time. He don't give yeah, a fuck. You my, know what I'm saying? This my life. <laughs> <laughs> he don't give a fuck about whatever you going through. He don't give a fuck about none of that, That's man. hilarious. Um, and then I did, uh, I got a call to do NBC Bring the Funny. Okay. And that was it. What's, what was that on, NBC? It was on NBC. It was a comedy competition. And I never thought I would do a comedy competition. Um, but I got called and asked if I wanted to be a part of it. And initially, I was like, yeah. And then I found out it was a competition. And I was like, I don't know. And um, I was like, man, I don't got nothing else to do. Let me do it. And uh, out of 50 acts, I made it down to the final two. Mm. It was me and a group. And um, it was one of the best experiences a group? of my life. Yeah, because it was, what it, Bring the Funny was about different types and forms of comedy. So they had sketch comedy. They had musical comedy. They had acting. They had stand-up. And the goal was just to make the audience laugh and to make the judges laugh and to bring literally the funny. And um, it was intense, not knowing if you're going to make it to the next round. It was, it was intense, and um, <laughs> I made it to the top two. And um, people don't even remember who the actual winner was. Mm. They'd be like, girl, I was so happy for you when you won Bring the Funny. I'm like, girl, I did not win that. <laughs> I did not get $250,000. I did not get the pass go. I did not win that. Um, Damn. But I won. Yeah. It's like you it's one of those you didn't win but you won. So yeah. that's what's up, man. How long ago was that? That was in two thousand and nineteen. Nineteen? It was two thousand and nineteen. It's toward the end of two thousand and nineteen. And once I did that, um I didn't realize that NBC reaches a part of the country that we don't even know exists. And I started selling out shows in cities I ain't never even heard of. And it was my my crowd was 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 white, mm. and you know I would always have a sprinkle of black people in there. But my and of course the late Saturday night crowds was black. But the crowds were it was just like a line full of just, and I love it the diversity white people, and I would get there and it just be they would just be waiting for me. We love you. I'm breaking the funny. You should have walked up those judges. I was like, God damn. <laughs> You here? I won, and it was, it was just a part of the, it was just a part of America that I didn't even know existed, and I was a, a, a household name. That's dope. That's that's what that's all you want. Yeah, that's all you want. I, um, Earthquake said all you got to do is be one of the top fifty-two comedians in the country, because mm-hmm. every week you get to work at a comedy club. Mm-hmm. All you got to be is the top fifty-two. Mm-hmm. You ain't got to be the number one. Just be the top fifty-two, and you can make a career out of this. And I, and, and it and it, throw, it blows. It's overwhelmingly, it's overwhelming and humbling when I get 
when I like even we sold out shows on Valentine's Day weekend during the middle of a pandemic. Mm. So it always blows my mind when I get on stage and I'm just like, y'all came to see me. And that's that I you know. Touch my teeth today. <laughs> well, that's something different. That's that's. You came to see me. They got a plastic shield for that. You came to see me, <laughs> white lady. White lady, I know you hear me, bitch. You came to see me. Who that? Your husband? Oh my bad. Oh, sorry. So it just it makes it so humbling. I'm getting nervous now. Just that people. People want to see me. It's it's crazy, and I'm it? just regular. Like my daughter got to start school at nine. I be waking her up at eight fifty five and shit, and the bacon don't be ready. Like I ain't I ain't mop my floor in a whole week. Like I'm just such a regular chill person that even when I hang out with my girlfriend, my, I'm Naya. We be out sometimes, and somebody will stare at me, and I I got an attitude. I'm like, fuck this bitch looking at. And she's like, bitch, you know people know you, right? I'm like, oh shit, I forgot all about that. Oh, hey, girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um. Once I did NBC Bring the Funny, that was it. Dang. That was that was it, and I it just took off, and um and I've just been trying to keep a hold of it. Even in the pandemic, I was working. Damn. Filming commercials, I was still figuring it out. So I'm just I'm grateful, but you know I just be telling people stay your course, man. Don't get distracted. Cause yeah. Because people, people crazy. Yeah. And um. And just focus, and, 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 and it'll come to you. And, you know, everything that's happening. Because you know how sometimes crazy stuff happens to you. And you'd be questioning, like, why the fuck this happening to me? And it's just it's a lesson in there somewhere, somewhere in the bullshit. You're supposed to learn something, so go ahead and learn that so you can move to the next level. Um, and that's just what it's been for me. It's just been that, just still trying to just accept who you are and what you are and, um, and just continue on the journey. Cause I'm nowhere near where I want to be. Mm. What does it look like? Where's where's where you want to be look like? Um, I can't talk about it too much, but I'm working on a show right now, um, for a network a network show that I wrote, um, just about me and my life, and I'm working on you know just some of the things that I went through. Um, I became really 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 good friends with Chelsea Handler. She's such an amazing person. I was touring with her, and this is when you got to be humble. Her people hit up my agent and was like, "We went to Carter tour with us." And um, my, my agent was like, she's on her own tour. And, um, and they were like, yeah, but we want her with Chelsea. And my agent was like, well, we have to see what it looks like because she's on her Why would she tour? Why would she feature for somebody else when she can headline across the country by her, you know, on her own show? And, um, you know, they offered double of what I was making for 25 minutes. Mm-hmm. I don't got to worry about headlining. I don't got to worry about doing an hour. I could get 20 minutes out. With double the pay? <laughs> yeah. Please tell me you're on tour with Chelsea Handler, too. No, I did for two months. Oh, okay. I was like, hell yeah. yeah. And my agent was like, what about all your dates? We fucked them dates. <laughs> We're going to Canada, bitch. And um, just with her alone, I became big in Canada. And they're trying to, um, we're trying to work with Live Nation to get me back in Canada because they're like, Canada loves you. Between Montreal and Chelsea, we need to get you back out here. So you got to know when to humble yourself because a lot of people would have said no to that. They would have let their pride get in the way, their ego get in the way. I'm not opening up for nobody, and I'm a motherfucking headliner. What do I look like opening up for you, and I'm a headliner. You got to know because she got a crowd that I don't know about. Mm-hmm. You know, she got an audience and a fan base that don't know about me, and I don't know about them. And what it allowed me to do was she was selling out theaters twice a night. I am featuring for her. I am now, those fans are now my fans. So you got to think 
you know, smart, not hard, you know? Mm-hmm. I had people telling me, that's dumb. You Now you back to featuring. I was like, as soon as I'm done, my tour going to go back. But I'm going to have all these new fans who are going to be looking for me now. So next time I go back to Canada, I can sell out in Canada because I've done 12 shows in Canada with Chelsea. Yeah. So that was a that was also another huge milestone in my career was just working with her and just getting she just has a completely different fan base that I wanted. Yeah. That's dope, man. What you gonna do? I was like, I want them I want them people who laugh and I want them I'm, all these five thousand people in here, I want them. Yeah. And I got them. That's what's up. Yeah. So yeah. So I know, um talk about cause I know you were saying that you were working for um some inmates. Yeah. What the fuck? What like? What were you doing? <laughs> but the funny thing was, a lot of the comedians <laughs> were doing it. So uh, to hear more, what's up? Shout out to to hear more and the more mob. They um st- to hear was working at the jail. I think he was working there first, and then he was just like it was a really good paying job, like twenty something bucks an hour. And we were uh, substitute teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, for now, it, this is inside like a real inside a real jail. All the jails in Southern California, and um. He got me a job there, and I was, like, subbing. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a teacher, so they want to offer me a real position. Uh-huh. And I was like, I can't do that. I got comedy. And then they showed me the amount and the benefits. I was like, bro, I could do that. So then I wound up just becoming a regular teacher there, a life skills coach. So I was teaching substance, alcohol abuse, domestic violence, parenting, anger management. So I'm also a life skills coach. And I was teaching that, and um, I did it for about five years. And it, it, whatever you think it's like is what it's like. I think it's like uh, mm-hmm. lean on me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. It's like when niggas handcuffed to the table. That's yeah. exactly what it is. <laughs> <laughs> niggas telling me, Misty, I don't know why you keep putting that little long jacket on. We know what's going on back there. <laughs> I ain't trying to be disrespectfulness or nothing. I ain't trying to be disrespectfulness. I'm just trying to tell you what I see. And I'm like, that ain't even a word, bro. Disrespectfulness. You know what I'm talking about. So it's exactly what you thought it was like, but with a female. Are these like adults or are these like juveniles? They're adults from 18 to 70. And we provided them with an opportunity to get a high school diploma. And we did a graduation every six months. And they were getting their diploma in there. And it's like, if you're going to be in here, do something constructive with your time. It'll allow you to parole faster because people can, you know, they see that you're trying to do something better. The life skills that you need, you know, for court, you're now getting while you're in here. So you don't have to get when you get out. Yeah, I mean, not life skills, but you know how they be like, you have to take a mandatory anger management class. You're taking it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so it was, it's needed. It's definitely necessary in that type of environment. And I was just glad I was able to provide it. But it was, it was bullshit sometimes. <laughs> I can, I can Lockdowns imagine. and shit. You had to wear like a whole bulletproof vest type shit? No, we, we're, uh, we were civilians, so we got to dress, you know, regular. But I always had to be mindful of what I wore because I'm curvy. But then I also learned that it didn't matter what I wore because I'm curvy. Like, niggas see shit, you know? They ain't seen a female in six months. They seeing, they seeing through shit. You understand what I'm saying? I could have went in there with a full goose down coat on. They going to be like, we know you got titties under that coat, Misty. So it really didn't matter what I wore. Um, and then I have a, you know, people think I have a pretty face. So I was just like the favorite of these inmates. I had inmates come in my class. They didn't even know what the class was about. <laughs> I'm like, what you, what you, what kind of class you looking for? What you teach? I'm like, get the fuck out! I don't even know what you in here. Get out! But um, I loved the job. It was a great job, and it was they needed us, like, you know, in there. And I did it for about five years, and then um, stand up was like, hey, get your ass over here, and I was like, okay. Mm. And that was it. Five years in the jail. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. I mean, full on uh, uh, searches. 
They were searching you? No. You, uh, I'm walking in the hallway and all I hear is dropping and, you know, and cough. I'm like, hey, wait, man. Let me walk by. What the fuck? Oh, damn. You got 15 dudes ass out, bent over, coughing, and I'm just like this. God damn. Oh, I'm sorry, teach. You wanted to go by. I was trying to go by before I saw ass cheeks. If you could have just. Do you talk me, about this? On give, stage? You, you just gave me 15 more seconds, bro. <laughs> I would have been through here. 15 more seconds, I'd have been through. Do you talk about this on stage? Mm-hmm. You do. <laughs> Ain't nothing worse than the inmate saying you walk by with his ass and he looking at you from the side. I'm like, he looking at me. Turn back around, inmate. I'm like, why he want to make eye contact with me? Why he like this? Like, this is weird. He trying to let you see what he working with. No, I don't teach. <laughs> Gets a little extra credit. <laughs> Good morning, teach. <laughs> then he stood back at the wall, ass up in the air. Just weird. It was just weird. <laughs> but if I had to do it all over again, I would do it all over again. You know, one of my uh, my favorite jokes that you do mm-hmm. is, and you know what's crazy? Uh, no, let me tell you this. The part that you say your your daughter thought that one of your knee braces was, was a dress. She's yeah. a piece of shit. She a piece of shit. She's still a piece of shit to this day. And I never let it, and I, and she still got it. It's in her toy chest. It just be sitting there. She still got it, and I can't fit it. How? How does a knee brace comes to a dress? Because I have big ass leg. That's what the fuck it is. Why he act like he don't know? He know. I got some big ass legs, and she just slid. It, it was so How disrespectful. She's six now, but she was about three, four at the time, and she took my knee brace and just slipped the shit on like it was nothing. I was like, oh, this is disrespectful. <laughs> That's how I found out how big I really was. When she slipped that on, I was like, I got to do something about this body of mine because that shouldn't even, shit like that shouldn't even happen. And she's just walking around and then she's just living her life. And I'm like, wow. She ain't, she ain't getting no snacks today. I'm going to go eat all her Oreos. The, the visual that I'm picking it with <laughs> is the funny part. And she's walking around the house. Nobody know where yeah. she got this dress from. Nobody know what this dress got to do with nothing. I'm like, where the fuck did this come from? And it was like one of those knee braces that came from up here to here. Yeah. And she just in the house. Just she snatched walk, She got her baby dolls and she just walking around the house. Snatched Then I touched it and I was like, oh, shit. This is my... <laughs> this had the one with the Velcro where you had to snap it. No, it was just like a Nike <laughs> one. Pull it up. It was a Nike one with the hole in the middle, so you can put your kneecap through, like through the hole. And, and she got her navel. No, the hole was through the back, so her ass was out. Oh shit! And she just walking around the house with her little, you know, little girls had their little purse on. She had a little purse, little baby doll in this hand. She just walked with her little fake shoes on. You know, the little fake ninety nine cent shoes you get, little princess shoes. She's a mess. Oh shit! <laughs> oh shit! That is hilarious, man. I've been trying to get my life together ever since that day. That is hilarious. I feel like a BET movie every time I talk about it. <laughs> you know how the BET movies start? Yeah. <laughs> and this is how it all it started. started, and then it go back to the to when I first hurt my knee. Oh shit! Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> so um, here's what I want to talk about because you mentioned it earlier, and. I know firsthand, like, it could be some bullshit. Yeah. Dating a comedian. Oh, boy. Um. <laughs> Listen. That's bullshit. No, this is what I tell you. It, it could be some bullshit. But it could work. <sighs> it could work. I know people that are married that are comedians, and they've been together for a long time, and it's working. But um, I was I was in a relation. I was married to a comedian, and it was just, it's a lot of competitiveness that goes into it that neither one of you want to be honest about. Mm. because at the end of the day, we're still who we are. 
and we still work in the same business and it's natural for there to be some type of competitiveness because we're essentially going for the same thing and when you get something and they don't it's a weird ass car ride home or if you are on a show together and you do good or they do good and you don't that's a weird ass car ride home or if you get an opportunity and they feel like plug me for that opportunity and you're like well they don't want you it can be weird oh yeah and um it's it can it's unexpected because you just don't think about these things when you go into the relationship or you fall in love with somebody um but it was it was it was it was different just to be married to somebody doing what you do and you being steps ahead of them Mm. especially if you are female yeah because the ego comes in you know that male Mm -hmm. ego definitely does come in especially a female because i know the 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 girl I was dating that was a comedian, she was just starting, you know what I mean. But she was like a hustler. She was getting in front of everybody. She was getting all these opportunities. I'm like, sit your ass down. Mm-hmm. Just like they gonna see you. Mm-hmm. But then it was like I was hating, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. And I remember one time when I did get upset because mm-hmm. all of a sudden, like she just asked Mike Epps, like, "Hey, can I just come do a guest spot with you?" Mike was like, yeah, gave her 20 minutes, do a guest spot, mm-hmm. paid her all this money. I'm like, Are you fucking Mike? Like, why, why? And that's what it goes and it, to. And it was my, it was like my, like, it was like, it wasn't, had nothing to do with. But that's what it goes to. As soon as a female gets cool with any man with any type of stature in this business, it is automatically assumed that we are sleeping with them. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, we might fuck them later. But in that moment <laughs> when you ask us. We not, and I was, that was always my biggest fear was to be known for, for somebody to try to say that I'm sleeping around to get on. That was always like my biggest, biggest fear. You know, I heard like people, it was caught, not even, I don't know how I got wind of it, Mm -hmm. but people was like, yeah, you know, she fucking pookie. Mm -hmm. That's how she got on. I'm Mm -hmm. like, really? Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, cool. But the crazy thing is that whether I was or was not, for me in stand-up, it was always like, it ain't none of your fucking business. And that's all. And it wasn't just what Pookie. It was like, if I heard that somebody was poke, like fucking you, like somebody was like, you know, this girl fucking Dante. I'd be like, oh. Like, it's not my business who's fucking who. This ain't got nothing to do with me. Is she right. funny? Right. Yeah. Like, that will always be my thing. Like, you know, there's so many women in this game. Like, you know, I love and respect Ida, you know. And people will come to me and be like, you know, Ida, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Ida funny as fuck. Who cares? Like, and that's when I started to respect the just be funny. Mm. You know, Tiffany, I love me some Tiffany Haddish. You know, I had to talk to her, but I love her. And, you know, I used to hear shit about her. Tiffany Haddish, you know, Tiffany Haddish is fucking, I heard she's fucking pookie. She's fucking this. She's fucking that. She's fucking this. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. She funny? <laughs> because that negates everything. Right. Are you funny? And, and, and when those rumors started to happen, I was devastated. Like, I didn't know, I didn't talk to pookie for months. I didn't talk to pookie for about six months when those rumors started. Really, and he was so upset, and he was like, "There's nothing you can do. Like, it's part of the game. Like, yeah. you just have to chuck it up. If it's not gonna be me, it's gonna be somebody. Right. If I laugh with you wrong, I'm fucking you. Right. You yeah, know, yeah, if they yeah. see me and you in a picture, and I'm like this, <laughs> they're like, bitches only smile like that when they fucking. Yeah. You know. So it was just one of those moments. And it, oh, what what blew me off was, it was men that was hating on you. I never seen niggas gossip so much in my life. Niggas be out here chatty patty and shit. And I just be sitting there like, 
ooh, you gonna get your period, bro, because they would just be so chatty, patty. Like I, I remember, I have really good friends in stand up, and they will sit around and listen just so they can tell me who who to be mindful of. Mm. And they would be like, you know, just be careful with that person. And they would never tell me what they said, but they would just be like, they don't fuck with you. Really? And it was always niggas I would get. Like, niggas would sit around in a group, like in a whole, just a, a huddle, and just talk about me. Like, you know she only got this for this, and you know she only got that for that. And I started addressing it. I was like, I got that because I'm funny. I mean, a motherfucker give you the same opportunity. You ain't get it. Why? Because you ain't funny. It don't matter. I could fuck a million niggas in this business and still be nowhere. But you know what that some of that derives from? That they, they was cool with your ex-husband. So I think that's really... That shit that's, gay to me. I'm but that's, sorry. I'm, I'm just saying. get offended by that by me saying but that. But that's, that's really what that is. But, they, they really was cool with your ex-husband. But the thing for me is that is this. That's my ex-husband. Mm. That's not your ex-husband. It's not for you to feel an emotional connection with my marriage that has ended. And anytime a man, and I've stopped speaking to so many male comics because of this, because their first response to me is, I don't like what happened between you and such and such. And my, 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 my uh, response is, that's not your business. Mm. That's not your fucking business for you to cr- allow yourself to create a premature feeling based on something that had nothing to do with you. So if I divorce this man for whatever reason, what the fuck does that have to do with you? Why are you sitting somewhere pissed off because a man who's hurt, sad, and confused has vented to you things that might not even be the truth? You believed it, allowed yourself to create feelings that are premature, and now you have a bias, you are biased to me, and I ain't even do shit to you. Now, if I wasn't successful, you wouldn't give a fuck. If I was laid up somewhere with a nigga who wasn't worth shit, y'all be like, she getting what's due to her, look at her over there. But because I'm good, y'all mad. And not only am I better than doing better than him, I'm probably doing better than you too. Mm. So... When men, especially men, when anyone, especially men, feels an emotional connection to a situation that had nothing to do with them, it speaks volumes on who you are. Because if, if I'm cool with you and, you're, and, you, and, you know, and the person that you're in a relationship, your, your girlfriend, wife, and y'all disconnect for whatever reason, I'm adult enough to still fuck with both of y'all because she going to have her side and you going to have your side and neither one of those sides got shit to do with me. So when I was hearing all this stuff, and I even had a comedian walk up to me and was like, you know, that, that shit you did was fucked up. And I was like, what are you talking about? To my boy, you went out, you know, I heard you was fucking something. You heard, okay? So you heard I was dealing with such and such, yeah. And I just don't like the fact that you did that to him. I was like, you fucking him? And he said, what? I said, because that's, that's an emotion. Like, only time somebody feel like that is if you fucking them. If you're not fucking them, then why you care what I'm doing with my pussy? You understand how crazy that sounds? Yeah. Why does this, a grown man care what another grown man's ex-wife is doing with her pussy? I ain't never tried to fuck you. You know what it is? It's weird to me. It, it is weird. but It's, it's weird. I, it, You're it thinking is. about it yeah. now. You're like, you know what? Maybe I did some of this shit Yeah, before. I did. I know I did. But here's the thing, because I think a lot of men, like we, when we see some shit go down like mm-hmm. that, 
we always draw from our own experience. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Maybe we got played by a chick or mm-hmm. we got dumped by a chick or a mm-hmm. chick start fucking with somebody else. So we in har- we harbor those those feelings. And then we be like, yeah, that's fucked up. You did that. But like, nigga, that ain't got nothing to do with you. But the reality of it is you don't know why. Mm. You only know their why. Yeah. So that's like if you get in a, a situation with a female, most men don't say shit. You know, most men chuck that shit up and be like, it is what it is. And the female go run her mouth and she talk. And now everybody feel a way toward you because you didn't, because they're just assuming that what she said is the truth until you speak yours. And then we have your side, his side, and then we have what actually happened. So in that situation, somebody got really emotional and they start calling people, telling people all these things. And of course, everybody just assumed it was true. And then when I said what it was, it was like, you the villain. Why would you say these things? And it's even worse when you're trying to protect somebody else's image while they're tarnishing yours. Mm. So there were so many things that happened in the marriage that I just didn't speak out loud because I knew what it, it could what it could possibly do to him. And while I was protecting his image, you know, it was shitting on me. And here we are four years later, and you are still where you are. And you haven't moved, you haven't budged, and it's no shit, no... No shade to him. It's just karma to me. So you can't allow so many people to be in your business all the time. And most importantly, and I, and I tried to have this conversation with my ex, you got to be careful of the people who are excited about your drama. Because some people are, you ever had that one person that just want to call you and talk about your drama? Yeah. You could be like, I got a new job, and I was going on with your baby mama. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. excited about your drama. Those are people you keep the fuck away from you. Right. And I would always tell him, even when we was really cool, we was co-parenting good, I said, you got to be careful. Stop letting people come to you. You know, I, they would come to him and be like, you know, I, I heard Takara did this. And I'd be like, why, you, why do you have people in your life that know that what they say could piss you off? Like if I'm your friend and I fuck with you, if if you don't need to know it, I ain't gonna tell you. You ain't gonna die if I don't tell you. Your life ain't gonna stop. There's certain shit I would just keep to myself because I love you enough and I'm your friend and I know that's not what you need. But people would say things that would just, it was just bad and it just got really bad and it just kept getting worse and I would just try to be in his ear like, hey, don't listen to those things, you know, like we here to win. Like even if we're not together no more, we still here to win. Like yeah, we can still got, win. Y'all got kids together. Yeah, we right? have a daughter yeah, yeah. together. And I would just be like, we can still win together. I was writing shows, putting him in the shows, you know. All I got a whole role written for him because I still need you to win. We still got this kid together. I'm not trying to take care of by myself. We still need to get these checks. And, you know, it just didn't turn out that way, but that's what happens when you let the industry push you, and that's also what can happen if you are you don't allow yourself to heal. And it was just the, the the divorce is what pushed me. It just made me a monster in stand up because I have to be fucking funny. Because there I did the improv right D Ray's night, and I cried in the car before I got out. Because I knew that every motherfucker in there thought I was fucking everybody. People thought I was fucking D-Ray. People thought I was fucking Lil Rel. People thought I was fucking Pookie. People thought I was just, they thought, oh, she divorced. She loose in these streets. She out here fucking. And I got booked for the show. And for months after my divorce, I didn't perform because I was just scared to be outside because I knew people was talking about me. And I finally get the, uh, D-Ray's like, yo, dude, I hit D-Ray up. And I was like, I think I need to perform. He was like, oh, come through, the, you know, do the, I'll put you on a schedule. We got you for the improv. I'm like, cool. And I parked my car, like, right up the street. Uh, and I'm crying in the car. I don't want to get out the car because I know I already passed the improv. I see niggas standing in the front. You know, I'm already like, I know as soon as I walk in, they're going to fake say what's up and they're going to talk shit to me when I walk by. 
So I get out the car, I wipe my tears, I go into the improv. I hit D Ray, I'm like, when I'm going on, he like, you next. I was like, okay, I'm coming in now. I go in, go straight to the stage. Murder. You know, standing fucking, oh, fucking bitches is like, yes, bitch, fuck these niggas, man. <laughs> yeah, we shit too. I was talking about, you know, how women shit, like, yeah, so yeah, fucking, yeah. like, get over it. We'll die. If we yeah. don't, you want me to die? You want me to shit? Which one? <laughs> and, um, and as soon as I did great, I got my purse and I went right back out. And I got in my car and I cried again. And then I drove home. And I did that for about eight months of going in, killing, going out crying. Because I just couldn't understand how these were the rumors. And I have fought so hard for those not to be the fucking rumors. And and I just remember, even though I wasn't talking to Pookie at the time, he was just like, I always remember him saying, just be fucking funny. Be undeniably fucking funny. Fuck them. Fuck what they're going to say. You have to. It's imperative that you are funny. Because when you, those people that are talking about you, they also going to come see if you do good. They're going to shut the fuck up and stand in unison and watch you perform. And all they need to see is a funny motherfucker up there. And when you're done, you fucking leave. And I did that for months. And then finally I was like, man, fuck these niggas. And I would go up there, kill, and drink my Jack and Coke and sit at the bar. Like <laughs> what y'all niggas said? <laughs> What's up, T? Don't talk to me. Talk about these bitches. <laughs> and it just created a, a monster that just... I started focusing less on everybody else and more on myself. Mm-hmm. And that made me horn in on people were stealing my jokes. And people was like, this person did this joke, ain't that yours? I was like, I got more. Like, I don't give a fuck. Like, that's, it forces you to be more creative. And, um, yeah, I'm glad you said everybody was – like, people was getting called in different cities. Like, niggas would call me and be like, yo, I got a phone call from such and such telling me you was fucking such and such. I'm like, why you call me with this? Is gay? Like, why you call me with this? <laughs> I'm just telling you that that's what's happening. Like, somebody is running around calling everybody, telling everybody this. And I would also be like, you know, I'm also going through a divorce. People also hurt. And that's okay. And, um, you know, and, 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 and talent speaks for itself. You know, we four years later, and I'm okay. You know, I'm all right. I'm figuring life out. You know, I got these amazing kids at home who I want to punch in the throat. And they want to fight me back. <laughs> and, um, and. And it just is what it is, you know? Yeah, people yeah. Gonna, people going to talk, regardless of whether you're doing good or bad, somebody going to say something. They don't talk you, about your good then. You know what I mean? Let's, what they you going to say? She not good. you? Yeah. What you going to say? She ain't funny? Yeah. What? what, what? Oh, oh, I heard she was fucking such and such. Okay, and what else? Like, there's, there's nothing else. You just got to make sure that there's nothing else. You know, she, you know, he gave her that opportunity and she didn't get it because you know she only got it because she was fucking him. You know, it's like, you know, he gave her that opportunity. And this is the thing. If you got somebody in your life that can do that for you, they supposed to. I hate what, like, it's such a, not a pet peeve. It bothers me that if she decides to get with a motherfucker that can do something, like, she just started her own brand, right? What's your name? Jazz. Jazz just started her own shirt, right? Like, she got her own brand, right? What's the name of the Jazz? The Swart Shop. The Swart Shop. The Swart Shop, right? Yeah. Now, say she started talking to a dude who owned a printing company. And his best friend owned a promoting company. And he started printing her shit for nothing because he loved her. And he started fucking, you know, her, his homeboy, like, well, if that's what you fuck with, I'm a promoter, you know. And she blow up. And they like, oh, her brand only blew up because the nigga owned the print shop and his friend a promoter. But that's what he supposed to do for you. 
That's what he, that's like if you were a female, you're not supposed to have nobody in your life that can't add to your life. What you here for? You taking away from my life. So even if you're in my life as a friend, you're going to have, you're going to add to this motherfucking life. I don't care what nobody else around you say, but you have to add to who I am and what I'm trying to do. And if I, if me being friends with Pookie, I think it intimidated a lot of people because I am talented, because I am decent, you know, nice look to look at, because that is what that quality is for entertainment. We want a female comedian who's black, because that's what they're looking for, and who's actually fucking funny, and not nigga uh, hood, ghetto, you ever had food stamps before funny, but that funny that can transcend across the board. And it's fear. And that's what I started looking at it. I used to be like, y'all just scared of me. Mm. You just scared. Yeah. You, are, you sir, are terrified. <laughs> and that's just what it became. And I started, I started to stop feeling bad about people who could do something for me. People who could, if I'm, if, if Pookie gonna be in my life, whether it's Pookie or anybody gonna be in my life, even my boyfriend now, you gotta do something, bro. What are you doing for me? Right. And what am I doing for you? Right. And I am an emotional wreck the majority of the time. I'm, I'm a fucking, <laughs> when I tell you I'm ready to cry, girl, when I tell you I'll be ready, I'll be like, oh my God, look at that bird. It's frozen. I'm crying. Like, this bird knew not to be outside. Ready to cry. And that's what he provides for me is emotional and mental stability. Now, on other subjects, I'm going to knock this motherfucker up against the wall. But I provide for him something, too. So anybody that's in your life, not just a spouse, you know, I tell my tour manager, Raheem, Annie, we talk about this. Anybody that's in your life, they got to add to your life. And even if you're my friend, Pookie's my friend, he's my fucking mentor. When I tell you I love that man, that man has put me in positions and just been like, there's this thing that's happening. I'm going to plug you, but I need you to go in there and kill. And I'll be like, okay, when I shot my special, I was up first, the easy slot. He took me the fuck off first. I said, why would you take me off first? He said, because they're like, oh, we're going to give Jakara the easy slot. We're going to slide her right into this so she can do well. He was like, we don't slide you into shit. You earn it. So I was like, so when am I going? And he was like, second. No, I went first. They had me second. Mm. Yeah. They had Ranji first. Uh, me, Malik S., and then, no, it was Ranji, me, and then Marvin Hunter. If I got that, if, I think it was just the three of us, yeah. And they put me first because they said first was a sweet spot. They said the audience is just coming in, everybody's excited for the show, they just got their drinks, everybody's going to be feeling mellow, it's a perfect spot to slide her into. And he was like, no, she can hold her own. And, um, and he, you know, the other producers was like, no, we're just going to put her first. And he was like, no, she's not going first. We're not going to throw her a bone. She don't need help. And right when I was about to walk on stage, I was dressed and ready to roll. He was like, the, the producer was like, you're going second. I'm like, bitch, I just put these lashes on. <laughs> Glue all over my face. I covered it up with concealer. We're not going up. And that's when it was like, you're going to go second. I said, who going first? He said, Ron G. And I was like, okay. He was like, Ron G's going to go first. He's going to kill. And then you come out there and you're going to show them why the fuck you're supposed to be here. So that's just, a, it's a level of respect I just have for that man that, you know, he's earned it. I've earned it. And, um, you know, if people feel a way about it, I don't know. But I heard Pookie's really hard to get into, too. Like, he he's is. a difficult person to, to just be cool yeah, with. Yeah. Because he can be, you know, very, I don't have time, I don't have time, I don't have time, I'm busy. He'll send you to somebody else. Go ask this person. Yeah. This, go talk to this person over here. But when I talked to him, he was just like, you are full of talent that the world needs, and I believe in you. And anything that I can do to help, I'm going to do. Well, here's the thing, too. In your defense, 
and other motherfuckers too. Pookie has thrown opportunities to all Thank comedians. Thank you. I remember he put me. I did. I did a, a first impressions and killed. And it was some people from E there, mm-hmm. and they was like, "Yo, we want we want Dante to come." I didn't know even know this. Mm-hmm. He called me the next day like, "Yo." You got to audition at E. Go to... Uh, I'm like... Now. Yeah, I'm like, like, oh, shit. right now in 30 <laughs> yeah. minutes. Yes. So, and I know he's done that for other comedians, too. Mm-hmm. But I guess because you're a female, mm-hmm. it's a reason and why... And he don't work with females. Like, he don't really fuck with females that much. Out of fear of... Being... Women are emotional. Mm. Um, out of fear of a woman feeling like she should have something and she doesn't. And now it's like, well, you are the reason. And just because, you know, it's the dynamic of the man and woman in this game. You know, there's a lot of Me Too movements and shit happening right now. As a, a big name in this business, you have to be fucking careful with yourself. Right. And also, lack of talent to, from his thing was just like, some people just don't have it and I'm not going to spend my time on somebody who don't have it. Um, not saying that, you know, the ladies, you didn't have it. It's just, you know, he's no, a, some of y'all, he is. Some of y'all just didn't and, have um, it. And, and, mm-hmm. and he just, you know, the first time I performed in front of him, he was like, you know, you have you have it. Yeah. Like, you literally have what it takes. And anything I can do, I'm going to do it. And people saw that power that he had, plus the talent that I had. And they was like, man, fuck them. Fuck yeah. Them. Fuck them. <laughs> she's, she's sucking his dick. <laughs> Yeah. Um, now, why? Comedy is like, it can be a little high schoolish. You know what I'm saying? It, but, it can be anything, a little high schoolish. But anything can be. It can. High schoolish. That's why I had to get off Clubhouse comedy rooms. I hate Clubhouse. Man. Like, I had to. With st- all respect, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and piggyback <laughs> off of you. I, I hear what you say, and I'm not going to boast because I ain't come up here to tell y'all about myself. But I have been on, and I have done, and I have also done. Anyway, so I'm, after I spoke for 40 minutes and told y'all what I did, even though I said I wasn't going to come here and tell y'all what I did, I'm going to go ahead and mute myself so I can let my other brother and sister come on here and not tell you what she did do, even though she told you that she wasn't going to tell you that she did do it. Thank you, everybody. Have a blessed day. With all due respect. <laughs> I, that's why I gave me. I had to start following <laughs> other people on Clubhouse. Cause boy. I got off. I got off. I got on a Clubhouse once a week. Really? I can't. That's that's all I got. <laughs> you come into. You know what I hate? A room where they invite you into and you raise your hand and be like, "The moderators is coming." I'm like, Bitch, "What you want me in here for?" <laughs> I got some shit to say too. <laughs> Oh, I, I don't like Clubhouse. They mute you. They'll fucking. You'll say something. I was in some girl room and she was talking about how. Uh, she was saying how when she dates a man, he needs to take care of her. And what men provide in the beginning of a relationship. She was just saying all these things men had to do for her. I'm like, what you doing for him? Mm. And she's like, what you mean? I said, men need the same thing that we need. So you mean to tell me that you got, she was lying. She was like, she got a dude. She got different dudes paying all her bills and she ain't fucking none of them. <laughs> as soon as I came on, I was like, you know, you lying, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. ain't no way. She's talking about something. I'm waiting for marriage, for sex. I'm like, so you got six different dudes. They all know about each other from what she's saying. Paying your bills and you ain't smashing. None of them smashing. And she was like, no, because they got to take care of me first. I said, but what you giving them? I don't start acting like a wife until I become a wife. I was like, well, how does he even know you a wife if you don't act like a wife? Like, I hate when women have this idea of I'll act like a wife when he makes me a wife. 
but you got to show you a wife before he makes you a wife. Right. You know, there's little tiny things that you have to do for him to even see that quality in you. Just like there's little tiny things that he has to do for you to even see that quality in him. And she was just being like so bullshit. She's bullshit. And the bitch mute me and send me back to the audience. <laughs> <laughs> That's why head. Kevin Samuels is so needed. Kevin Samuels is so needed. No, he is so needed. No, that's why I, I don't that's believe why that. Kevin Samuels is so needed. I don't believe he. This is the thing with Kevin Samuels. <laughs> I think that the things that Kevin Samuels says is true, but as an expert and an image consultant and a life skills coach, I think he needs to recognize when women aren't mentally stable. Mm. And when a woman calls you with all of these things, these things that she's stating that she wants and what she believes that she should have, and it's unrealistic, you have to be able to sense the instability in her. And a lot of the things that he says to these women or just not even that he says what he forces them to see in themselves. When somebody's mentally unstable, like I never want to be responsible for why somebody commits suicide. Mm -hmm. You know, you become responsible for that. Or a part of it when you don't know how to speak. Like, I just feel like he, and, and my, me and my boyfriend go through this all the time because he's a certified life skills coach. And he says, I don't understand why men have to be extra nice when what we say to women. And I'm like, because y'all admit all the time that we emotional. So you can't always be like, women are emotional, women are emotional, y'all too emotional. And then when it comes time for you to speak to us in a way that you already know how we are, it's too much work for you. So I got to be extra nice. That's like when I said, how do you tell your woman she gained weight? And he was like, there's no nice way. I said, there's a nice way. And he was like, why can't we just tell you that you gained weight? I said, because it's going to offend us. And he said, but why would it offend you if, if it's the truth? And I said, because you know we emotional. Mm. Like you already have what you need to get to where you need to be, and you gonna still say fuck how you feel, even though I know you are gonna be emotional, and just be like, hey bitch, go to the gym. Like, <laughs> there's a nice way to tell me I gain weight. You know, you could be like, not a nice way, but there's a sip. Like you could soft be, way. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But he would just be like, well, why we gotta soften things up for women? I said, like, you don't have to, but you know that we are emotional. You know that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's walking on eggshells when, and Kevin when it's Samuels talking. Samuels is like Kevin. Kevin, no chaser. That nigga be like, so this, but he got a dude too. He says, so let me get this straight. You are twenty years old. You weigh three hundred pounds. <laughs> you make four hundred dollars every two weeks. Do you got a big dick? Do you got a big dick? <laughs> he was like, I mean, I don't know. I be looking at people dick like that. He was like, how you not know? Yeah. How you not know if you got a big dick? I know I got a big dick. <laughs> You don't know if you got a big dick? You don't know? Then he said, you don't got a big dick. Yeah. <laughs> so what women get from you? They don't get money. You live at home with your mama, and they don't even get a big dick. Yeah. yeah. I think I think men can handle that to their ego. I mean, not to their ego, just to who they are. Yeah. Telling that exact same thing like that to a woman is very, very detrimental to me. Because, again, as most men would say, y'all emotional. So you know we emotional. And any woman that doesn't know that the status of her life, plus how much she makes, what the amount of kids that she has, she know whether she cute or not. I just think this mental instability. That's yeah. like the girl that was on there, and she was like, I think I'm a, I would never rate myself a, a six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me be on Kevin's. That nigga be like, what you rate yourself? A nine, bitch. <laughs> the fuck? How much you weigh? Over 200 pounds. Yeah. So you over 200 pounds. Yup. <laughs> and you got three kids. Yup. 
And you make six, yup. <laughs> and you rate yourself a nine and a half, bitch, since you want to be funny. And a half. The fuck? <laughs> And uh, me, I would never second guess what I think about myself. Right. I, I mean, I'm a five without makeup and a six with makeup. Nigga, I'm a nine. <laughs> but those women who who are calling are and a half. <laughs> those women who are calling just have low self esteem anyway. <laughs> I you know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> yeah. ain't no way in the world, ain't no way in the world, I would call Kevin to get like relationship advice especially if I know what I look like but it's not relationship it's image he's telling you what your because he's an image consultant and he's telling you what what part your image plays and what you're asking for mm. because the reality of it is and women argue with me about this men are physical beings right they like to look at you first right they like to see what they like because before you talk to me you want to see me right and then you're going to assess me with your eyes and a lot of women be like, I don't like the, f-. but bitch, it's what it is. It's been like that forever. It's what it is. And then once I see you with my eyes, we'll assess everything else. And when you call on him for image consultant, he's going to fuck, he's going to, he got to know what your image is. What's your image? What you look like? Mm-hmm. What's your size? Mm-hmm. Um, what's your, you know, like somebody asked me if you went on there, he asked you your size, would you, you know, would you tell him? I said, tell him 200 plus pounds. And what's your size? You know, uh, my size is 36. What's my size? 36, 32, 45. Like, that's my size. I'm not ashamed of who I am because I'm a fucking beautiful woman. Right. But I also know what I can and cannot do. And a lot of these women are just unrealistic. And I think when you're that unrealistic, it's because you are mentally unstable. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. like a girl who ain't got shit. She be like, I need a basketball player. And it's like, where you live at? Well, my mama. <laughs> yeah, no. How many kids you got? Seven. <laughs> Yeah. But 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 I but I always stay dressed. My hair always nice. My nails always done, and I got a nice body. Like these niggas could get the bitch with the same thing with no kids. They got their own place and their own she business. Belong nobody. to the streets. Nobody <laughs> nobody checking for you. And I think that's mental instant. I think you're not stable if you honestly think that that makes sense to you. Yeah. Yeah. That's just to me. That's my opinion. I love. He's a, an amazing image consultant. But to me, he be putting women to the point where they be like, "Should I live?" <laughs> like that, I want to kill myself. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, no. Oh. So, man, tell people where you gonna be at. Um, I'm a where, nine. Where, where you gonna Where you gonna be at next, man? A nine and a half. Where can people follow you? Um, you got shows coming up. You gonna put this? Okay. So, I will be in Seattle the first weekend in March. Uh, Seattle, Tacoma, Tacoma. Uh, at at Nate Jackson's. Uh, what is it? Nate Jackson's Funny Comedy Club. Uh, that's dope. I want to see that club, man. It's nice. I yeah. Really nice. So I'm gonna be there. Shout out to Nate, man. Yeah, I'm going to be there the Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. I don't have the exact dates, but it's just go to my website. In the, yeah. The 4th, 5th, and 6th. So I'll be there March 4th, 5th, and 6th at uh, Nate's Super Funny Comedy Club. Nate Jackson's Super Funny Comedy Club in Tacoma, Seattle. Um, and then I have other dates coming up. I can't remember any of them right now. What's your website so they can go uh, to the website? Just go check me out at Takara.com, T-A-C-A-R-A.com. Everything social media, Takara Williams. Um, thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you for coming, man. This yeah. is dope, man. Yeah. And if you want to date a comedian, do it. Just, you know. Don't. I, 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 I say don't. I say don't. Especially if you're a comedian, I say don't. Mm. I say don't. Yeah, don't do it. Because. Don't do it. Don't do it. I changed my mind. One of them comedians owe me a couch, but we ain't even going. Oh, they still gonna, got it, too. Yeah. <laughs> We're not going to get into the couch. We're not going to get into the couch. But somebody owe me a couch. Yeah. Um, this is hilarious. Let me get the fuck up off here. Uh. Ah, shit. <laughs> Yo, I, I appreciate you. I appreciate you, too. Thank yeah. you for having me. I'm glad. I, and if you, uh, you know, just follow this podcast. This podcast is dope. Um, 
you know, the host is dope. Um, he had an amazing Jasmine. She came in and set up three cameras in like two minutes yeah, on yeah. these amazing podcasts that I would just put my iPhone on. And not even like the newest iPhone, like the iPhone 7 with the button. Um, <laughs> and just <laughs> She's out here living lavishly. She got a dope line out. What's your line? No, the Swartz Shop. The Swartz Shop. It's dope. I love it. Um, and um, thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem, man. Thank you for coming, man. <laughs> yeah. Yo, man, this has been the Tap In Podcast. Tapping thank- in. That's right. Thank y'all for tapping in. We out of here, man. Peace. Bye,